So Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 35. Since you've been sitting for a while, can you all stand to your feet, please? Let's all stand to our feet, kind of stretch out a little bit. And I'm going to read Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 40. Let's pray for the reading of God's word. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come now to this part of the service, we've enjoyed, Lord God, the worship and the praise and the celebration here this morning. We've enjoyed even the announcements and the offerings and and all the recognition of the souls of, of the saints, Lord God, that have been working so hard. But now, Father, we need for your blessing to be upon this part of the service where we open up the Bible and we share from the word of God. Bless the reading of your word. Anoint it, Lord God. Give it life. And again, I ask you to help me as your servant to, Lord, organize my thoughts and let it be from you, Lord. Let this message come from you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. If you can remain standing, if you're physically able to, okay, and that's okay. If you want to go up and down, that's okay too. That's good for your circulation, okay? But let me read it and then you can sit down, all right? Then you'll be able to relax for the rest of the service. It says this. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this. That if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You may be seated, please. Now, obviously, this section of Scripture is making reference to the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you, again, you want to be ready for that great day? Can you say amen? So we want to kind of uh, break this down and remind ourselves that this is something that we're all looking forward to, and we need to be very, very careful not to get so bogged down with this life and all of its responsibilities that we forget that what we're really waiting for and preparing for is the return of of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We want to go to heaven one day. And we began looking at this section of Scripture a couple of weeks ago. And I want to just quickly review what we went over uh, a couple of weeks ago when we looked at this. Not only does Jesus tell us in Luke chapter 12, verse 35, to gird up our waist, but it also tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Here it defines for us what Jesus is talking about when he says, let your waist be girded. Here the Holy Spirit tells us that we need to put on the belt of truth, your waist, and and that this belt of truth uh, must be on tight. And we talked about the danger of us allowing our pants to fall down. We need that, that belt to keep our pants on tight. So what is the main thing here? Don't let go of the truth. Don't abandon the truth. Don't question the truth. Don't compromise the truth. What is the truth? John chapter 14 verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ is the truth. Can you say amen, church? John 17, 17. 
Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Don't be tripping out on what people say. Only focus on what the word of God is teaching you. Can you say amen, church? So that's the truth. Joshua 24, 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. John chapter 8, verse 32. Verse 32 and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Malcolm, if you can do me a favor, if you can give me a little bit more volume on this monitors without messing up the house, I would appreciate it, okay? So, now we want to go back to our text. And in Luke chapter 12, verse 35, there's a second part to it, and it says this. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. So the second part of verse 35 is also important. It says, and your lamps burning. We went over this a couple of weeks ago. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is our great high priest. And we learned that uh, the only one that is allowed to pour into the lamps is the high priest. The only one that's able to pour oil into the lamps is the high priest. And we, the people of God, are the lampstand, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that, that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. God does not want you and I to keep our lives a secret. He wants the world to know we belong to Jesus. Can you say amen? We belong to the Lord. We are the people of God. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. God wants to show you off. Let God show you off. Don't try to show off yourself. Let God show you off, okay? And then it says here, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven jesus is instructing us to keep those lamps burning we have to make sure that the light does not go out during the night listen church jesus tells us that this world that we live in is without god and is in darkness the world is blind and lost and under the curse of sin the world is deceived because of the lies of the enemy the lamps our lamps the light of christ in us as the people of god must stay on and burn brightly throughout the night continually i hope and pray it's my desire that when we go out and hit the streets go to your work go to your neighborhood wherever you live i pray that people can tell that you are a man or woman of god that the light of Christ is in you. I pray that there's a difference between you and I, who are the people of God and the people in the world. Ephesians 6 12 says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. We are living in a realm of darkness, and the only hope that this world has is the light of Christ that is in us to reveal the Lord to them. Ephesians 5, 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. First Thessalonians 5, 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Now, just out of curiosity, how many of you are glad that you are now in the light, no longer in the darkness? Can you shout hallelujah this evening, this morning? I mean, God set us free, church. He rescued us out of that realm of darkness and bondage. First Peter 2, 9 emphasizes this and it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal 
priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't know about you, but a little while ago when we were here in church and we were worshiping the Lord, I was praising him because I thank God for my salvation. We need to thank God that he rescued us out of that realm of darkness and now we're on our way to heaven church jesus tells us in luke 12 35 that we must keep our lamps burning but we need oil we talked about this we need oil to keep those lamps burning pure olive oil we need god's spirit in order for us to give off the light of christ whenever you see oil in the bible it's talking about the holy spirit and the only one that can give us the oil that we need is our great high priest and his name is jesus can you say his name church jesus i want you to say it one more time jesus he's the only one that can give you that oil I can't get this pure oil from my spouse. I can't get this pure and heavenly oil from my parents. I can't get this pure and heavenly oil from my pastors or my friends or in the grocery store or in any place that is of this world. I can't get this pure oil from drugs or alcohol or perverted sexual pleasure. I can't get this pure oil from anything that this world has to offer or from anything that the devil can offer me. The only one that can give me this pure oil, this special oil, this blessed oil this unique and anointing oil is our great high priest and his name is jesus christ that's why we're here this morning that's why you're watching online this morning because we're coming to get our tanks filled with the heavenly oil of god the holy spirit how do we get this oil you're getting it right now you are here in church those of you watching online are receiving this oil of god right now in your homes you get oil when you hear the and read the word of God. You get oil when you humble yourself and seek God in prayer. You get oil when you worship God and praise God and give glory to God and give thanksgiving to God and humble yourself before God. Listen, if you want to be macho, if you want to be cold, if you want to turn your back, that's on you. But if you want to experience God, you're going to humble yourself before him and he will fill you with his precious presence. We need to be ready in season and out of season. God wants us to be ready for his return. He wants us to make sure that we are well supplied with the oil from heaven. And the good seasons, the bad seasons, the seasons of plenty and the seasons of poverty, the seasons of health and strength and the seasons of weakness and sickness. No matter what, be well supplied with oil by staying focused on Jesus. Don't let yourself get bogged down with the things of this world. We all live in the world. We all got to deal with the madness and the drama of the world. But ultimately, our heart and our attention and our focus is always going back to Jesus. Amen, church? Now, let's go back in our text and continue and look at verse 36. Let's read verse 35 and look at verse 36. It says this, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding. That when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Now here, Jesus makes reference to a wedding. How many of you would agree that being able to have a wedding is one of the most beautiful and exciting events in the lives of two people who are in love and who want to spend the rest of their lives 
together. How many of you know that a wedding is a very significant event in an individual's life? Can you say amen, church? I mean, it's very, very special. Hopefully, it's just one time in your life. I know that there's a lot of divorce. I know that there's a lot of madness going on, a lot of compromise going on, even in the church. It's very sad to see, even in the church, the things that go on. And I hate to say this, but even some of the hypocrisy that goes on. But there should only be one wedding that you experience in your life. At least that's the way it should be and it's supposed to be. And I got to get off of this because I don't want to trip anybody up here, okay? But Jesus here makes reference to a wedding. And it's a wedding is always a very, very special event. Most couples spend at least a year to plan and prepare for their wedding. You have to get the venue. You have to select the wedding party. You have to get the dresses and the tuxedos, and everyone has to get measured. The bride has to choose her dress. They have to get the wedding cake. They have to get the photographer and the video company. They have to get the DJ and the music. You have to select the food and the reception. You have to find the theme or the color and the, and the color scheme and, and the flowers. You have to plan for the transportation. If you're going to be using a limousine, you have to plan for the honeymoon. And of course, all of this costs a lot of money, so you have to have a budget. So I believe that all of us would agree that having a wedding is a beautiful thing, but it also requires time and planning and finances. Can you all say amen to that? Okay. As a matter of fact, I would like to brag a little bit about my daughter Jamie's wedding with Manny. Okay. Now, I, I, I'm not trying to play favorites, but in my opinion, it was one of the most beautiful weddings that I have ever been a part of. Praise God. Let's show some pictures of some of the, uh, of Jamie and Manny's wedding. Can we show some pictures here? There's a, oh, look how cute they look up there. Oh, some more pictures. Okay. Very nice. Okay. Some more wedding pictures. Oh. Very good. Okay, let's stop right there. Okay, now we're into the reception because part of the of the wedding is also planning for the reception. Those of you that were able to attend the reception, do we have a good time at the reception, church? Can you say amen? And one of the main features about the reception is the food. How many of you enjoyed the food at the wedding? Now, little did we know that that would be the last wedding that we would have in the year twenty. 20 because after that the whole world fell apart okay but uh anyways we've had a few weddings ever since i, I had a, an opportunity to do a wedding out in santa barbara i did one for the heredia family for their uh, daughter um and so and those were very very nice weddings but the reception follows and here they are eating and drinking go ahead and show some more uh, pictures of the uh reception area that was a lot of fun Okay, planning for all of that. More pictures. Let's see. I don't know how many more pictures we have of the actual wedding. Oh, look at that. Isn't that nice? Okay, very good. And there's one more. Very, very good. So is that the last one for the wedding part? Yeah, very good. Okay, good. So that was nice. You could go ahead and shut it down now. Praise God. That's enough of attention for them. All right. But here in the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 36... Jesus is referring to a wedding, but the wedding that he's referring to here is a very special wedding, more special than Manny and Jamie's, more special than any dad out there that has a daughter or that has a son, okay? Because the wedding that 
Jesus is referring to or making reference to in John chapter 12, verse 36, is his wedding. The wedding that is that where Jesus Christ will participate in. Okay? The day that he is united with his church, which is the bride. You see, the Bible is very clear that one day there is going to be a wedding in heaven. And the Bible is very clear and tells us that Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and we, the church, are the bride of Christ. Revelation chapter 21, verse 9 says this. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. The lamb's wife meaning Jesus Christ. Remember John the Baptist when he saw Jesus and he says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Revelation chapter 19 verses 7 through 9 says this, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife meaning the church has made herself ready how many of you want to be ready for that wedding day church the, we want to be ready we want to be alert we want to be there we want to be present and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints then he said to me right Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. For this reason, a man shall live, leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church matthew chapter 9 verses 14 and 15 identifies christ as the bridegroom then the disciples of john came to him saying why do we and the pharisees fast often but your disciples do not fast and jesus said to them can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast so these are only a few of the references that the Bible makes that teaches us that Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride of Christ. You and I, the church, the whole church around the world from 2,000 years ago to today until the future, whenever Jesus Christ decides that the church period is over, we are the bride of Christ. We make up the bride of Christ. And one day there's going to be a wedding. We don't have a wedding date yet, but we do know that Jesus Christ is preparing for this wedding and he will return soon. Just like those of you that have gotten married, you will take time to prepare. Well, guess what? Jesus is preparing for our wedding. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, these are the words of Christ. And he says this, let not your heart be troubled. In other words, I know that you're in the world. I know that you're going through madness. I know that you're going through temptations. I know that you're in a battle. I know that it's chaotic. I know there's all kinds of stuff going on. But don't let your heart be troubled. Don't panic. Don't freak out. Don't get all crazy. We are on the Lord's side, and he's on our side. And we are a team. We are the church. Nothing will be able to take down the church. And I want you to shout hallelujah because of that. Can you say amen? Nothing is going to mess with the church. 
Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. One day, church, we are going to be with Jesus. Not only is there going to be a beautiful wedding, but after the wedding, there's going to be a beautiful reception, a beautiful banquet and celebration. This is called the marriage supper of the Lamb. But here's the thing about weddings. Sometimes, even after all of the planning, even after all of the preparations, even after all the expense and hard work and sacrifice, sometimes someone gets left at the altar alone. Sometimes the groom chooses not to show up. Sometimes the bride chooses not to show up. And it is a very devastating and hurtful experience for everyone that is involved. How many of you would agree that that's a very painful thing to go through? I want to show some pictures of some men and women that were left at the altar. Can we show these pictures, please? There's a guy who sadly was left. There's a woman who was left at the altar. Okay. Another one. How many of you would agree that these are very sad pictures, amen, of something that, things that actually do happen in life. Is there any more? Or is that it? That's it? Is there a video? Were you able to load the video? Let's go ahead and watch this really short video, okay, and see what happened in this particular instance. And thank you guys in the tech world up there. They moved the whole system, and I'm showing a bunch of pictures and videos, so I'm complicating it for them a little bit here. Let's see if we can make it happen here, okay? You let me know what I should do. Worst case scenario. But this bride turned her living nightmare into a way to give back. Hi, I'm Alana, and this is Insider's One Cool Thing. It was way too late for the bride to get her money back for the reception. So she decided to donate the hall to 150 people from a homeless shelter in Seattle. The guests received all of the wedding party's food and entertainment. She just wanted to marry the guy that she loved and um, that's not happening and if she can't have that then she's very happy to be able to share it with someone else. If this happened to me, I'd probably be crying in a corner somewhere. So kudos to this woman for taking such an incredibly horrible situation for herself and turning it into something great for others. Just a little short story. Thank you so much, you guys. Good job. Amen. Hey, let's give our hand to our tech team up there. Amen. They did a good job with all of this. Very good. So you see, there is going to be a wedding in heaven one day with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. And you and I do not want to be left at the altar alone and abandoned. How many of you would agree with me that you don't want to miss that wedding day? Can you say amen? Listen to what it says. We read this story before, but I want to read it again. When we read it the first time, we read it in the context context of making sure that we're always well supplied with oil. But we also want to make sure that we don't get shut out 
of that precious wedding day that we're all looking forward to. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, the Bible says this. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm letting you know the bridegroom is coming. Jesus Christ is coming soon. Don't fall asleep. Wake up. Be ready. Make sure that you're right. Make sure that you're in tune. Make sure that you're focused on the Lord. Don't get bogged down with all this stuff. God says, you take care of my business and I'll take care of your business. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that you're concerned about. It'll all work out. Just keep your focus on the Lord. The bridegroom is is coming jesus is coming wake up be ready and he says here in verse six and at midnight a cry was heard behold the bridegroom is coming go out to meet him and all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said to the wise give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out but the wise answered saying no lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Church, I'm here to remind you, the bridegroom is coming you do not want to be left at the altar by yourself shut out you want to be ready you want to be ready for that great day you want to be alert stay alert stay active get involved get busy for the lord don't allow yourself to get bogged down with this life no get busy for jesus jesus first can you say amen church let's pray right now father in the name of jesus as we close out this service here this morning lord Help us, Lord, to always remember that in spite of what may be going on in our lives, good or bad, evil, Lord God, or, all, or chaos, it doesn't matter, Lord. You are with us. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Our responsibility is to remain faithful to you, to keep watch, to be alert, Lord God, and to stay active in the work of your kingdom. Bless your people now, Lord. Encourage us, Lord, to keep our eyes focused on you if you're here this morning and you say jerry i am not a christian i have never surrendered my life to jesus if i were to die today or if jesus were to come i'm not sure if i would go to heaven if that's you here this morning i want to lead you in a prayer of repentance those of you that are watching online if you've been sleeping, if you've been lazy, if you've been procrastinating, if you have not been taking this walk with Jesus seriously, it's time. It's time right now. I'm, I'm shouting out. I'm giving you a shout out. I'm letting you know Jesus is coming soon. Time to get busy. Time to get on your game and focus your heart and your life on Jesus. And if you're ready to do that right now, 
Just say this prayer of repentance with me right now. Just repeat these words. Father, in the name of Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. And I understand that you, Jesus, are the only one that can forgive me of my sin. And so I willingly open the door to my heart and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. You're knocking and I'm opening the door to my heart. I want you to come in. I invite you to come in. Because one day, Lord, you will open a door that leads me to heaven. And I want to be ready. So I ask you to forgive me. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's be ready, church. Let's be ready. Let's stay alert. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. The altar is open. Those of you that have a need of the Lord here this morning, if you want to come up to the altar and you want us to pray with you, please feel free to come on up and we will pray with you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.